Well, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Church on this second Sunday of Advent. We're so happy you're here with us, whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us via live stream. We want you to feel very, very welcome. If you are here in the sanctuary and you're on that center aisle, if you could find that friendship register, sign it and pass it down the pew, that would be a huge help to us. And those of you live streamers, there's an e-register for you as well, so please find that tab so we know that you're with us this morning. You will also see prayer cards in the pew rack in front of you. If you have a praise or request this week for our weekly prayer list, you are encouraged to fill that out and just put it in the offering pouch when that comes your way. Additionally, if you simply are here this morning and you'd like some personal prayer, I will be available up front here after the postlude and be happy to pray with you. Well, Advent is certainly a special season, as you can tell by our beautiful decorations and the spirit in the air. The youth have participated the last couple of years in something called Hashtag Advent Word, using their social media platforms for a word each day of Advent to focus on the season. And all of us are joining them, kind of, with our own version of the Advent Word, which you will find in the weekly devotional that's in your bulletin. So the same word that the devotions are written about is the same word that the students are focusing on each day of Advent. So these devotionals were compiled by staff, by council members, and by members of our congregational care team. So I hope you take this and read it throughout the week and that you are very blessed. So also in Advent, we have all kinds of outreach opportunities. And this morning, Doug Condon is here with us, a member of our outreach committee, to share about some of those opportunities. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you. Good morning. In prior years, uh, during the Christmas season, Mayflower Outreach has partnered with Bethany Christian Services, sponsoring refugee families' Christmas needs. This year, because of COVID and supply chain issues, Bethany has requested we do things a little differently. Bethany has asked Mayflower to collect family-appropriate gift cards. So, back in the narthex, you will find a Christmas tree holding little paper ornaments representing $15 gift cards for you to take with you, and then, and to then purchase gift cards from places like Meijer, Target, McDonald's, and Subway. Deeply appreciated gifts that will bless and benefit the Bethany refugee families. So, we'll be collecting these gift cards between now and December 12th. If, as in the past, you would still like to donate to a family's wish list, as we used to, um, Bethany has asked for you to contact them directly. Sorry. I'll, I'll go again. Good morning. <laughs> in prior years, during the... Better? Okay. In prior years, during the Christmas season, Mayflower Outreach has partnered with Bethany Christian Services sponsoring refugee families' Christmas needs. This year, because of COVID and supply chain issues, Bethany has requested we do things a little differently. Bethany has asked Mayflower to collect family-appropriate gift cards. So back in the narthex, you will find a Christmas tree holding little paper ornaments representing $15 gift cards for you to take with you and to then purchase gift cards from places like Meijer, Target, McDonald's, and Subway deeply appreciated gifts that will bless and benefit the Bethany refugee families. We'll be collecting these gift cards between now and December 12th. 
If, as in the past, you would like to select a donate to a family's wish list, as we used to do, Bethany has asked for you to contact them directly. Thank you. Next Sunday, December 12th, is our long-awaited Cantata Sunday, a long-standing tradition here at Mayflower. This year, our major work is uh, Handel's Messiah, Part 1, or Scenes from Part 1. And I hope that you will all be here. We'll have the chancel choir, children's choirs, soloists, and 11 uh, musicians from the Grand Rapids Symphony. And our Messiah journey actually begins today, right after our worship service. We have a guest speaker in the parlor, 1145, the Reverend Dr. Carol Bechtel from Western Theological Seminary, uh, will uh, begin uh, uh, talking about the Bible and Handel's Messiah. So as a way for us to prepare our minds and our hearts, we're bringing her in for, two, for a two-part workshop um, today at 1145 and Wednesday at 6 p.m. So I hope that you will uh, join us beginning today for that Messiah journey. Tomorrow, we have something new here at Mayflower at 7 p.m. in this space here in the sanctuary. Mayflower's very first carol sing, and we need you all here to bring your joyful voices and sing Joy to the World, O Come Ali Faithful, Silent Night, and then maybe some carols that we might not hear on a Sunday morning like Jingle Bells and White Christmas. So we'll ha we have a whole front, like 25 instrumentalists, everything from uh, alto sax to uh, violas and, and violins, flutes, uh, guitars, harp, uh, trombones, trumpets. We've got it all. So uh, come join us for fun singing and then hot chocolate and cocoa in the atrium. About today's service, I just want to mention a long-standing tradition at Mayflower during the uh, Advent season is that our opening hymn, the first verse, is sung by a soloist or a small group. And um, so our opening hymn today, Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence, we will begin that with the choir. And then uh, please join us for the rest of the verses. Today, we light the second candle of Advent, the candle of peace. The prophet Isaiah declares, They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We light this candle as a sign of hope that truth will prevail and justice be done for all people.
Raise in Christ, light the world, shine in our lives, and shine among us now.
Alleluia, Lord Most High. We wait and we pray for you to come to dwell among us anew. Help us to live with tremendous expectation for what this will mean in our lives and in the life of this church. We anticipate being filled with your hope, your peace, your joy, and your love. Thank you for the promise of new life today and always as we follow you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite all the children worshiping to come forward for the children's message. Good morning, everyone. So I have a gift here. Does anyone have presents under their Christmas tree yet? Oh, it's so exciting, isn't it? They're glittery and they're amazing and they hold 
secrets and treasures in them. So this Advent, we are talking about gifts that God gives us that we may not always think of as a gift, but they truly are. So last week, we talked about sprinkles and how God puts sprinkles in our lives every day. Last week when I gave the children's message, it was snowing out. So we talked about how snow is a God sprinkle. How zebras with their black and white stripes are God's sprinkles. And all of those extra sparkly things in our lives. But today we're going to talk about a gift that God gives us. And it's flowers. Can you believe that all the flowers that we have are created from one tiny little black or brown seed? And out of that seed blooms a beautiful, colorful flower. And so flowers we get to use for so many reasons in life. We get to use them to say, I love you, on Mother's Day and Valentine's Day. We use flowers to get to say, I'm sorry, when you go to funerals or someone's sick or sad. But we also get to have flowers to say thank you. And today, we get to say thank you to someone who has been in your lives for a lot of years here at Mayflower. I'm going to ask Susan Orban to come forward, and we are going to get to thank Mrs. Orban for all of her years working here at Mayflower in the children's ministry. Susan came to us, we all came together 10 years ago. Susan and Andrea and Costner and I were hired by Mark to run the Christian education program, And for 10 years, Susan, you have loved and led and just been unbelievable in the lives of these kids and so many more. And so we would like to present these flowers as a small token of our thank you, if Jackson can get through. And then we will continue to see Susan from time to time as she will be filling in for um, Andrea and Amy Weiner, who will be the new Bible Alive teacher for here at Mayflower. But Susan, we're so thankful for you and all your years and your dedication and your love. Thank you. Will you pray with me now? Lord, we are just so thankful for all the people that are in our lives, and especially for Susan today. May you bless her as she goes about her journey, and um, may we always hold her in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to dismiss the choir first. Choir, if you want to go with Miss Abby, and we'll get your robes off. And then everyone else, let's stand up. And we are going to go with Mrs. Orban and Mrs. Weiner to Sunday school downstairs. And if you are a fifth or sixth grader worshiping with us, you can meet Mrs. Houlihan in the library for the bridge.
Today's scripture lesson is from Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79, and is on page 724 in your Pew Bible. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever experienced something that was just indescribable, far, far beyond the normal course of life and events? If you'd have, perhaps you, um, well, you tried to describe it to somebody. I maybe it was the size of the fish you caught, or or whatever it might be. But the person or the persons who are listening to you describe this this uh, indescribable event give you that look of disbelief, like, "Come on, that can't be true." What do you do in those circumstances? Well, if you're like me, you utter a few more words with lots of hyperbole and exaggeration. And when they walk away in disbelief, the conversation ends. You say to yourself, why didn't I just be quiet? We use the phrase dumbstruck. So shocked and surprised that we're just unable to speak speechless. Being speechless can be a good condition to be in until we mess it up by speaking. (laughs) Zachariah is an old priest. That's like an old preacher. So he liked to talk a lot, I'm sure. And he has an unforgettable moment. An inexpressible kind of thing happens. The early portion of Luke chapter 1 tells the story how he is serving God in the temple, in the holy place, a place where only priests, chosen priests,
priests can enter. Now that's not to be confused with the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest, one person, only one time a year could enter into the Holy of Holies. But daily, a priest would go into the holy place separated just a few inches, just by a massive curtain from the Holy of Holies. Zechariah has a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Many priests never had the privilege of serving in the holy place. As I understand the context of that day, there were about 20,000 priests in Israel in this, as this story unfolds. And almost 800 a week would serve in the temple. And that honor came to them by the casting of lots, by the rolling of dice, and Zechariah came up the lucky one. He would burn incense in the holy place. Kind of like a minor league pitcher who toiled for 15 years in the boondocks in places like Pulaski and Hoboken and with the Lansing Lugnets and all of a sudden is called on to pitch in the World Series. What a moment. What a moment. Well, in Zachariah's moment of carrying incense into the holy place, Gabriel, the angel, does what he does best. Dispensing shock, surprising, unsuspecting Zachariah with the bombshell message Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to be pregnant, and you are going to have a son. Now, at the end of Zechariah's special day in the holy place, people gather as they did daily outside, waiting to receive a blessing from the priest who has been in this holy place. Zechariah didn't come out. The people got nervous. I understand that on that one day, the Day of Atonement, when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies in the presence of God, people would be so nervous about that encounter and realize that no mortal, no other mortal could enter that place. They would literally tie a rope around the ankle of the high priest in case he died in the presence of God and no one could enter so that they could pull him out. Well, Zechariah finally emerges from his experience in the holy place, and he is speechless. Something has happened, and it will be nine months before he speaks again. Gabriel has said to Zechariah, who questioned this message that came, because you didn't believe, it will be nine months Before you speak. I think that's God's way of saying, don't try to explain it to anyone. Or put your spin on it. You don't have to explain it, Zechariah. Defend it or articulate it. Just don't talk. And in nine months, you'll be ready to speak. So God blesses his life. 
It's interesting that God doesn't say, I'm sending you back to the hill country. He was apparently a hillbilly from the hill country, it says. I'm sending you back with a bright new chariot. You can impress all your friends, for you encountered God in a unique way. No. I'm sending you back, Zechariah, with a hardship. But people are going to know that you met the living God. When God is going to do something great, He often begins with something small, like a baby. When God is going to do something new, He often begins with something old, like an old priest and his aging wife, Elizabeth. Nine months of no speaking. And in those nine months, Zechariah is listening and growing in his heart and soul. So when the nine months have passed, a baby is born. Zechariah is ready to speak. And he spoke the words that were read to us just a moment ago. On the eighth day of the baby's life, friends and family gathered for his naming and his circumcision. A bit of a controversy arises about his name. Mother Elizabeth says he will be called John. But all the neighbors and friends said, no, there's no John in your family. He should be Zachariah. Old, speechless Zachariah picks up a writing tablet and writes, His name is John. And immediately, Zachariah's tongue was loosed. Now, if you had nine months of no speaking, what would be the first thing that comes out of your mouth? For me, it might be, Who won that game last night? Or this morning, how about those Wolverines? Or what's happening with the kids or family, whatever. But from the lips of a speechless man, there comes what we call the Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he is visiting his people to redeem them. And then... Zechariah will utter ten things that this promise-keeping God does and will do. It is an instant overflowing of praise to God, the living Lord of all of life. And in the process of praising this God for the ten things that he does, Zechariah mentions one thing, just one thing that we do. And I want to leave that thought with you today. But notice, God does really all the hard work. All the miraculous things come from God. He comes among us. That's Christmas, isn't it? 
He redeems. He raises up a horn of salvation. He makes promises that He keeps. He saves. He shows mercy. He remembers His covenant. He swears by an oath. He rescues us. And He enables us to do one thing. Now notice, God doesn't enable our prominence to lift us above others. He doesn't guarantee our success. He doesn't say, I'm going to make you cool or pain-free. But what He will do, what He will make possible this day and every day, is that He enables us to serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before Him all through our days. For the last 25 years of my life, that verse I have claimed as my life's verse, praying every day that it would be the definition of my life. My experience has been that it often falls apart very, very quickly. So I endeavor to repeat that prayer many times every single day. And to me, one of the implications of that is that I can never come to the end of a day and say, God just didn't enable me to serve Him today. Now, I may well come to the end of the day and say, I just didn't have enough energy to do what I knew I should do today. Or I wasn't able to hardly begin to get through that carefully constructed list that was going to make up the activities of my day. Or, you know, I just wasn't able to make everybody happy today. Or I wasn't able to hold my anger or I wasn't able to practice the patience that I should, or I wasn't able to be as loving as I should be. But I can never say, God just did not enable me to serve Him. God is with us. He enables us to serve. And that, being a servant of the living God, That is the action of eternity. That is our greatest task. That is the most fulfilling thing that we can do with our life. Now let's look at how that phrase goes on and the qualifying phrases that are put there. He enables us to serve Him. He does without fear. Fear nots are all over the Christmas story. To Zechariah, to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, fear not. It's as though we've got to get fear out of the way before we can truly serve the living God. Fear brings a paralysis. When fear takes over our life, we tend to quit to hide, to get defensive, to lash out in aggressive hostility. But if we're serving God fully and totally, we don't need to be afraid. So fear not. 
You and I have one thing to do, and that's to serve Him. He enables us to serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness. Those are kind of loaded words. When I hear holiness, I tend to think of moral perfection, of living without any sin. When I address this verse each day, I don't think in those terms. I am a sinner. I know it. And it appears in my life far too often every day. But the word holy means to be set aside. To come out, as it were, kind of the the ordinary realm of things and be given to a special purpose. God enables us to serve Him in a set-asideness, a holiness, to live for Him and for His kingdom. In holiness and righteousness. That's become a bit of a loaded word. Righteousness in the Scriptures is so closely associated with justice. God calls us to be a people of justice, to live with the full meaning of that word, to let it address our lives and call us to all kinds of different action and activity, to be people set aside to live in justice and righteousness. He enables us to serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him. He is the standard. Not my neighbor. Not the guy down the street that I say, well, you know, I live better than he does. You know, I don't do all the bad stuff he or she does. No. God is the standard. It is before Him that we come each day. Not our neighbor, not our friend, not our spouse, not our pastor. Before God. And then Zechariah ends that phrase with all our days. Every day that I live. And in my daily prayer, I turn it to say all through this day. From its beginning to its end. Enable me to serve. So, here is my morning prayer. And again, it needs to be repeated for it often falls apart so quickly. I say, Lord, you have done great things in our world. And then I might think of those ten things that Zachariah lists, saving, redeeming, rescuing. But I may think, of my family. I may think of the, of the news of the world. I may just think of my experience of life and what I'm hearing and all of the m- many things that God's hand upon the world, this marvelous God of ours. may pause before it during this Advent season and Lord, help me to live in the mystery of your coming among us to be our Savior. You have done great things 
in our world and in my life. Enable me to serve you without fear in holiness and righteousness before you all through this day. It's often good not to speak, to be speechless. I'm glad that old Zechariah listened and grew in his heart during those nine months. And when he finally could speak again, he poured out praise to God, the God who enables us to serve him. The ushers will come forward momentarily to receive this morning's offering. We are trusting that God will provide what is needed for the church budget. Thank you for participating with God in this endeavor for the support of the continued ministry of Mayflower Church.
As we prepare for communion, we have a few instructions. When we get to the sharing of the elements, you will be invited by row to come forward to receive the bread and the cup. You are then welcome to return to your seat, have a personal time of meditation, and take the elements when you are ready. If you prefer to stay seated, please know that an usher will bring you an individual package of the elements, which you are also welcome to take when you are ready. Now for our invitation. Without exception, all are invited to the sacred meal. You may know, may you know the comfort of the Lord who come, who came as a small baby to dwell among us. May you experience the hope of this miracle and may you find God's true peace in your heart. Here in this place and here in this time, we offer our praise and our love to God with gratitude for the feast that is before us. So, Lord, with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name with the unending hymn. Holy One, we offer our hope as we await the birth of the Christ child. The excitement and anticipation of this season are palpable. We are waiting to see how Christ will appear in our world anew. We know that Christ sat with his friends around a table, deep in relationship, and offered himself with a love beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. In remembrance of your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Let us pray. Lord, you are the light of the world and the ultimate gift. You are our source of hope for the future, peace and comfort in days of despair, joy that fills our heart and the love that knows no bounds. May we be blessed by and through your Holy Spirit as we remember you this day. May you carry us through this season of waiting and longing as only you can. All glory and honor are yours now and forever.
And now for the feast. When the time came, Christ took the bread. He blessed it and he broke it. Eat in remembrance of me, he said. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we share the bread. And in like manner, he took the cup, reminding his disciples that when they partook, they remembered his death until he comes again. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we will serve the cup. The Christ, the Emmanuel, Jesus, we thank you. You are now invited to come forward to receive the elements.
Let us join our hearts and voices together as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For anyone who would like uh, to pray individually, Pastor Ruth will be at the front of the sanctuary following the postlude to pray with you. I wonder if uh, you could take your bulletin in hand for our closing benediction and uh, that we might pray this prayer of old Zechariah. 
and as a benediction into our lives. So let me just say the first line, and then I'll ask you to join. Lord, in your faithfulness, you have done great wonders in our world and in our lives. And now you join with me. I ask that you enable me to serve you without fear in holiness and righteousness before you all through this day. And may the God who enables us to serve go with you all to bless you, to enrich your life, to guide you in your way. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.